0: The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the
1: AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
0: Good morning, good morning to all across the nation, in the world, and in outer space. This is Bite of Reality with Mark the Shark. It's an amazing week again. I'll tell you, every week... It just amazes me. I'm going to be very sad when Biden gets out of office. Because I don't know if we'll have anything to talk about besides serious issues then. Oh, my goodness. Wouldn't that be a novelty? Ugh, I, don't, I don't know what we'd do. You know, it's like they said, oh, my God, they my God, what are we doing? We have Trump in office. We have everything. And CNN's ratings were at least three or four. <laughs> and now? Oh, well. <laughs> oh, it's So... Without minute. any further ado, we're going to begin this week's rhyme time. Don't trust the government, some folks say. Their motives and actions may not be okay. They may promise you the world, but to deliver little and leave you feeling cheated and belittled. Their policies and laws may seem unfair and leave you wondering if they really care. But fear not, for you still have a voice. And the power to make a difference. That's your choice. Keep them in check and hold them accountable. And don't be afraid to speak up if their actions are despicable. And that's no joke. A phrase from Biden often heard. When a statement is meant to be serious and not just some mixed up salad of a word. It's used to emphasize, to make you think it's so clear. And that what was said is really meant to be sincere. It's meant to add weight to any claim, a touch of gravity, and warns against taking the matter too casually. Next time from Biden you hear, and that's no joke, take note of the message. It's clear to say, it's just smoke. The Biden, the most transparent administration, they promised openness without hesitation. Their goal at the beginning was to be crystal clear and make the government and its data more near. They launched the Open Government Initiative and made transparency transparency their prerogative to ensure the public was always clearly informed and the trust in government was never scorned. Though some may doubt their commitment and their transparency may be insufficient, the most transparent administration strived and failed and to keep the public trust alive. But no one has been put in jail. The Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg's role, is to keep our country's travel on a roll. From planes to trains and automobiles, ensuring that we safely reach our destinations and deals. With their policy and regulation in hand, they strive to make our travels so grand, to make sure that we're safe and sound, and that travels are always abound. From highways to the open seas, the Transportation Secretary oversees the smooth flow of our transportation, and the safety of our navigation. So here's to the transportation secretary. Seems he's lost in space. Who keeps our travel smooth and merry? But that indeed is not the case. This role is critical, make no mistake, for the safe and efficient trips that we must take. Now lost classified documents, oh, what a mess. A situation that causes for Biden and Trump so much stress. Sensitive information now has gone astray, could fall into the wrong hands and cause America great dismay. The search is on to find what's gone and what's lost, to determine what's been taken and at what cost. The stakes are high, the risks are immense. If the documents fall into the malevolent hands, with justice should commence. We need to tighten up the security and to ensure our classified documents remain in purity. No more negligent lapses or errors can we afford. The consequences are too extreme, something that can't be ignored. Can we learn from this unfortunate plight and make sure our classified and secret documents are always out of sight? We must be vigilant and never lax to prevent any breaches or security cracks. Grand jury proceedings, a legal affair, a process that is quite rare. A group of citizens come together to determine if a trial should really weather. The proceedings are secret, held behind closed doors. Witness testimony and evidence pours. The jury decide based on the proof. If a trial is needed, that's the ultimate truth. Their role is crucial. It can't be denied to ensure justice is served with no divide. They examine the facts and seek the truth and determine if a trial is needed forsooth. So here's to the grand jury, a task so great. Their role is vital in the justice system we create. May they continue to serve with honor and pride, and always ensure justice is on our side. But a broken grand jury proceeding, oh, what a shame. When the process is flawed, it's justice we defame. A miscarriage of justice that can't be ignored. A verdict based on lies, it leaves us all floored. When the jurors are crazy and biased, well, the evidence is false. The truth becomes lost, like a ship at sea to be tossed. The guilty can go free, and the innocent will suffer. Justice is defeated. The system is no longer a buffer. We must strive for fairness and sanity in the grand jury rooms, and ensure the truth, not lies, is what the grand jury consumes. The process must be sound, and the jurors unbiased. For justice to be served and have our faith in the system at its highest. So let's fix these broken grand jury proceedings and ensure that justice is ensured and what we are heeding. For a fair and just system is what we desire, and a broken process we must always retire. Now on to Palestine, Ohio, a town hit by a man-made tragedy, a toxic train disaster, causing the people there such great agony. The community left in shock and disrepair, as the hazardous materials, despite the EPA, filled the air. The train derailment, a nightmare come true, a situation no one there ever wanted to go through, a toxic spill caused by neglect, a danger to health, a situation that still threatens the town's future and their wealth. The first responders acted with great haste to mitigate the damage and try to secure the space. But where was Biden or Buttigieg? who say they are in charge, their absence from this toxic plume, their duties, they're failing to discharge. The town had to come together with their own strength and grace to overcome the disaster they all have to embrace. Though this disaster is a difficult test, the community remains steadfast, and we ask, where's the presidential crest? With resilience and resolve on their own, they pressed to restore their town without Biden or his crew, to its very best. So here's to Palestine, Ohio, Ohio, a town so strong, a community that's overcoming the terrible wrong. May they continue to move forward and thrive and keep their spirits high on their own, just trying to survive. Can we blame it on the prior administration, says the current one, due to their own fault in frustration? Their prior policies tell them, we can't reverse their decisions, We've been here two years. We must traverse. The economy, it's clear, is in a slump. Blame it on the prior administration's doing. Get out on the stump. Let's say we inherited their mess, and it's caused us in America much distress. The people are still out of work. Blame it on the prior administration's quirk, their lack of foresight and planning. Let us with these desirable things that we are banning. Tell America there's nothing we can do, and we will keep saying, shrug our shoulders, hey, who knew? But let's not dwell on the past. We must move forward fast. It's time to make our administration's own mark and lead with a strong, steady, oops, the contrast is quite stark. But Joe still lacks the crew. Who could do the right thing? We are all paying the price now. This is going to sting. Guns are not the problem so they actually say it's the people who use them in an illegal harmful way in the hands of responsible people and the sane guns are simply good tools to protect and maintain it's true that some may abuse the power and use guns in a way that makes the rest of us cower but let's not throw the baby out with the water from the bath we must still protect the right to bear arms that's got to be our path for protection hunters and sportsmen's Guns are our way of life, and for those who protect us, a weapon needed to save us and fight. Let's focus on the root cause of the issue at hand. Mental health, better education, safety programs. We need to expand. Guns are simply not the problem. That is very plain to see. It's the humans who illegally wield them, and we need to jail them so they will never be free. The crazed from anger, hate, and violent thoughts we must separate We must teach respect, civics, morals, and not each other to berate. Ah, the lapdog media, they say with disdain. Those who follow blindly and they never complain. They're justly accused of being too cozy with power. Their journalism skills lacking in each critical hour. Clearly they're just puppets on a string, dancing to the tune of the most powerful king. Their coverage bias, their questions so soft their loyalty bought and paid for, and all their credibility lost. But one or two journalists are not lapdogs, it's true. Just some like Fox still pursue the news with courage anew. They ask the tough questions and hold the powerful accountable, their integrity steadfast, and their independence uncountable. So let's just be real and recognize what we have to say. Most media are lapdogs in each and every way. There are those who still uphold stupid talking points that are not the truth. And for them, we have no respect. They're always making claims without any proof. But on America's web radio, Bite of Reality, you will always get the truth-based analysis, a real discussion. Here, it's all about truth. None of those silly talking points. It's lies. I am crushing. So as we reach the end of rhyme time, it is clear, we shall continue forward to expose the lies, the truths, and those who can't tell either without fear. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I hope you enjoyed the rhyme time this week. I'll tell you, there was so many topics, the show would have been four hours. But One of the things that we were talking about this week and I heard a lot of conversation about is whether or not we should have a competency for people who hold higher office like the presidency. My kind of theory is what we should first do is as a competency test, you have to be able to walk up stairs in order to get onto a plane and not make us look as silly of a country in front of the entire world stage. For some reason, and I just, listen, I'm not a physician, I'm not a doctor, I won't claim to be one. But can someone explain to me why this guy keeps falling up the steps? And if he can't do steps, get him a chairlift. I got to tell you, when you're trying to give that I'm tough kind of view, falling up the steps isn't exactly the way to do that.
1: You know, when you're falling up the steps,
0: I can't say that you're a tough guy. If you do it once, okay. What was the last time they said the wind blew him down? The sun was in his eyes this time at night? What was the story? I I thought they had gotten him a uh, chair lift. I'm telling you. Well, I, I saw that he did drop his sippy cup, so that was pretty much upsetting. You know, this falling up steps is not projecting strength. You know, we had that Reagan, you know, speak softly and carry a big stick. That was Harry Truman. And then Reagan, you know, tear down the wall. How about walk-up steps? That's not exactly a fighting statement, you
1: know? You know, if you recall when um, oh, um, the vice president took over from, uh, oh, I can't, Gerald Ford. When Gerald Ah, Ford was president... And he tripped once, and he was an athlete, he was a big, big football player at one point. But he tripped once, and the media was unmerciful. They played that for weeks, you know. How they still uncor- play it today. You know. And yet, Biden can't walk and chew gum and hold his tippy cup, and they, and it's over with. <laughs>
0: It's, it's pretty much what we look at on a daily basis. The, the fact is, is that he is, you know, he doesn't project strength anywhere, quite frankly. I mean, not in his speeches, not in the way he talks, not in the babbling. I mean, he babbles worse than I do. That's pretty tough to do. You know, I've studied babbling. I'm an attorney. <laughs> you well, know, so I know how to babble. At least you'll admit it. You know, the old Shecky Green, the old Shecky Green joke is he goes to Las Vegas with his wife, and she goes down to the tables, and he goes to the tables, and he says, you shouldn't go to the tables. You don't know what you're doing, and she goes, oh, yeah, really? Okay, so she goes to the tables. She loses $400, so he goes to the tables, and he loses $600, so she turns to him, and she goes, well, hey, I'm better than you, see? I only lost 400. You lost 600. And he turns to her very confidently and says, but I know how to gamble. (laughs) (laughs) It's the the same story is they don't have a a vision of reality. And it's more like, you know, we say that, that people have dystopian experiences when you have like a psychological disorder. And you're not privy to your own reality that the rest of us live in. You kind of create your own little bubble. But I've never seen an administration of people who have done so. Now, what am I referring to? All right, so East Palestine, Ohio, incident February 3rd. Pete Buttigieg shows up yesterday. And I got to honestly tell you, And I don't pick on him too much other than the fact that he was commonly known as Pothole Pete as a mayor. But the only reason that this guy got that job was because he was a checkbox in the Biden administration. The seeking diversity missile. Secondly, the only reason he went there is because he got upstaged by Trump. Because Trump had said, I had enough of this and I'm going there. So what did he do? So he follows in. He follows in after. Big deal. Who cares? He's late to the present time. I don't understand. How can you be late to be there? It doesn't make sense. You're the Secretary of Transportation. And I looked up his duties, by the way. And other than taking a lot of private time and his new baby time, I guess he was practicing milking. I don't know what he was doing, but okay, I understand that. You know what? I can I can conceive of that. But in the middle of a crisis, the supply chain's falling apart, and you take two months off. There you go. You could only do that in government, because when you came back in private industry, after taking two months off during a crisis, you'd be cleaning out your desk, you'd be handed a box, and you'd be escorted off the premises. But in government, hey, he's got aspirations of the White House. Imagine him in the White House. But here's the problem. And, and maybe it's a generational thing. I'm a little older than Pete Buttigieg. Obviously a lot wiser, but some people would argue maybe not. But I'm a very humble guy, and I think I am wiser. February 3rd, there's a natural disaster? No. It's a man-made disaster. That's right. And by the way, the NTSB came out this week and said this was a 100% preventable. And what does that mean? It was preventable. Well, so the Secretary of Transportation got right on that, huh? Yeah, he's taking personal time, more personal time. This is the only job you get paid at, and you're off. You don't work. It seems that nobody in this White House is working. I don't get it. From Afghanistan all the way to the natural train disaster. Well, see, now I I see I did say natural disaster. So they are now going to redefine the term natural disaster to include Biden administration officials. So that's, you know, I I heard Buttigieg say in his little press conference, if you want to call it that, with his little cute odd hat. His cute hot hat, safety glasses, and his vest. So there he is, and he says, "It's the Trump administration's fault." I could not believe that these words came out of his mouth. Okay, you know what? If you're in the job a week, two weeks, I'll give you six months. You could say, you know what? It was the prior administration's fault. But I'm sorry, Pete, pothole Pete, you're done. Two years later, don't tell me it's someone else's problem that they caused. Because if you knew that that was the problem, you're there two years and you haven't fixed it. So don't tell me anything. The problem is, is that tweets are not action. And hope is not a plan. And And if you listen to his words, they don't match his actions. What actions, I should say. That would be the other problem. Now, I have another problem. Okay, and I'm picking on Mr. Pothole Pete today. This is the Pothole Pete day. So this is outrageous, and I and I had to play it back several times because I couldn't believe that I was listening to this and hearing this. On, on Yahoo News, I saw a clip, and I think it was also on Google. It was all over the place after a while. And the secretation, the Secretary of Transportation's press secretary, which, by the way, That must be kept next to Biden's Corvette in his garage, that secret, because I couldn't find her name anywhere, anywhere, after doing a DuckDuckGo search, a Google search, a Yahoo search, an MSN search. She's no name. She's the press secretary for the Secretary of Transportation, and she's no name. So, Ms. No Name. She says she demanded that the cameras of the media be turned off, because Pothole Pete would answer any questions, and she would not answer any questions. She was confronted by a reporter for TPUSA, frontline reporter, called Savannah Hernandez. And if you get the chance, go online. You may not find it today. It may have been scrubbed. But go online and take a look at what she said. She literally said to these reporters, you must turn off your cameras in order for me to answer questions. Because that's rather aggressive. That's aggressive behavior. And she demanded that the officers make them turn off their cameras. And the officer turned to her and said, excuse me, you're in a public place. They have the right to film. So what did she do? Rather than continue on with her little press do-do conference there, not that you were going to get anything out of them, but rather than do something intelligent, she walked away. This is your transparent government. It's not transparent. It's pathetic. You know, in this country, and we're losing the battle here, and, and, you know, we keep saying it, and every week I keep pointing it out, and we're losing the battle for America here. We really are. This press secretary, this no-name woman, should have been terminated On the site by her boss. Would that be pothole Pete Buttigieg? (laughs) Pete Buttigieg. (laughs) So, what happens? Nothing. Nothing will happen because this is the most pathetic, pathetic, and that's a tough word to say many times. Not transparent. Maybe they got that word confused too. They're a pathetic administration because everywhere I look, there's a disaster. This kind of behavior is seen in North Korea, Iran, China, and Russia. America, are we turning the corner here? We're turning the corner here. And talk about trains. You know, they talk about the enlightenment. Well, sometimes when you're in a situation like this, that light at the end of the tunnel is not the end of the tunnel. It's a train coming directly at you. And we really need to take stock in where we're going here. You know, watch your back, America. This is getting scary and dangerous. You know, we imprisoned people for January 6th. They're held without bail, still in jail, a bunch of them. And not one Democrat, not one Republican has spoken up about it. Where are the Republicans, by the way? They got in the office and they went home? I I don't see anything here that tells me that the Republicans are doing something interesting. The fact that this person turns around and says, turn the cameras off, I'm not going to answer questions in front of the cameras. Who the heck does she think she is, first of all? And who the heck does she think she works for? She works for the America. This is the USA. You don't work for yourself. You are the government. We employ you. You answer to us, we don't answer to you. So where's all the outrage? Where's the immediate firing? Where are all these people? I don't get it. I really don't get it. You know, Trump showed them where Palestine was. Okay? He went there. Otherwise, honestly, I don't know if I don't know if Pete Buttigieg would have ever found the place. He would have never gone. But it's not only him. Where's the rest of the Biden crew? Where are they all? This is a disaster for these people. And the fact that the EPA walked in and said, everything's fine, don't worry about it. Ask those people from the WTC fund when the EPA said the air's perfectly fine, nothing bad about this, and they're all dead of cancer and dying of cancer. You know why? It's ridiculous.
1: You know why Budujah wouldn't go? They didn't have his bra size. Yeah, <laughs> it might be. You know, it's.
0: I'm telling you, honestly, I firmly believe that if Trump wouldn't have gone on Wednesday, Buttigieg would have never showed up. There was no reason for him to show up. You know why? Because the media doesn't hold anybody responsible for anything. Media is too cozy right now with the directors of the government. And that's a problem. Media was always the watchdog. They were the people's advocate. They were the people that stepped in the void and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're trying to hold you accountable for this. We're going to ask you the tough questions, not what flavor ice cream do you like? And did you like that ice cream? That's not a tough question. The, the journalistic standards, well, if there are any now, are gone. They're gone. There's nobody is held accountable for anything. No one's brought to task. You know, it, it's like, so Buttigieg shows up on Thursday for the dog and pony show with his little bright vest. And his funny-looking shoes, by the way. <laughs> you know? And he's, he's clumping around in the dirt. You know, it's like a the, the, couple days before, the, the EPA, I think his name is Michael Reagan, the EPA director, showed up with uh, Governor Whiney over there, and <laughs> they drank a glass of water. But what you didn't see is they probably ran out of there within two hours and had their stomachs pumped because they know what's there. They don't want to tell you what's there, but they know what's there. You know, it's a little late for Pothole Pete to be claiming the Trump Trump finger. I'm sorry, that doesn't work. You know, two years later, you know what? If you know it's a problem, fix it. That's why we sent you to Washington, right? Isn't that why you're there? Or are you just a checkbox in the Biden administration, the war on diversity and equity? And, you know, I discussed this last week. Equity means, no matter what your competency, at the end of the race, who, the guy who ran six miles and you could only run two, we're going to grab that guy from the six-mile place and bring him back to the two miles. That's what equity under the Biden administration is. There's no meritocracy. There's nothing to go forward. Everybody gets a trophy. That's that kind, same kind of concept. Well, the world isn't like that. It's not like that at all. And if you think it is... You should join the Biden administration. But pathetic Pete, um, I'm sure at this point, he recognized, he said, oh, I shouldn't have been there earlier. Are you kidding me? What is it? How does that go? It's better to ask uh, forgiveness than permission. Well, it is better to not do anything than to apologize later on. No, I think you should do something and then apologize later. So what was the problem? He was afraid that he'd go there when it was toxic even though they kept saying oh it's not toxic how could it be toxic it's not toxic don't worry about it we drank a glass of water now I don't even put it past them that they had Poland Spring at the other end of that faucet but I won't go there at this point so I still you know uh, we talked about the, the follow up of some things I'm still waiting and I don't know if I missed it maybe if you guys out there know but I'm still waiting for the explanation about the $12 brigade, <laughs> balloon brigade <laughs> balloon that was shot down with the $400,000 missile. And I'm still waiting for that. And I haven't had an explanation yet, but you know what? Leading America, showing that we can blow any kind of balloon out of the sky, that's impressive, isn't it? Yeah, that's kind of back in China, right down off of there. And I heard Russia's pulling out of Ukraine because they're afraid we might shoot down their balloons. Then they won't have any weather. Oh, my goodness. What this country is going through right now. And and here's the other problem. Believe it or not, and I find this amazing, and I don't know if the people were, maybe they were all high on pot at the time, but 50% of the America thinks that Biden is doing an okay job. I would find that easy to understand if he was doing anything. The only thing I've seen him do is lower our standards in the world, lower our standards in education, and not address anything that really needs some serious addressing. You know, one of the things is that I came across this week, which was pretty bizarre, is that schools in Chicago and Detroit and Baltimore are failing our students. In Ohio, 33 schools out of 33 are failing in math and science. In Chicago, over 50 are failing in math and science in elementary school. And here's the most bizarre thing that I've ever heard coming out of, I think it was out of Ohio, although Chicago may have been the other culprit. They said, we are in line with the other large urban school districts. So let me, let me translate that for you. those of you who are liberal. We suck. But it's okay we suck because all the rest of the Democratic-led urban societies, cities, and school districts also suck. So we want to race to the bottom. That's what we want to do. For that administration to come out with that statement that, hey, we're in line with the rest of the failing schools. Are they stupid? I think we need to get rid of the administrations and these schools. And maybe some of these guys who are yelling for the, the education department to get gone is maybe right. You know, we, we need somebody like a Trump back in here. And this time, let's do warp speed for our schools. Now, here was somebody, a teacher who taught for 37 years, told me. She said, when the kids came back from the pandemic... They hadn't learned squat. What they should have been done is they should have been put back in their same grade, not promoted one grade, because they never attained proficiency in anything in that grade. That was something that I never thought of. And I said, wow, that's pretty amazing. They may be right with respect to that. It made a lot of sense. But when you look at it, None of the educational people thought about that. It's, I don't know if I'm Mr. Obvious, and I see these things happening. You know, our education system is a disaster, and it needs to be dealt with as a man-made disaster, because we created it. If your goal in this country is to make people stupid and make them dependent on government... You have created success. And I take back, I'll retract my statements. But other than that, I'm sorry you're destroying this country. Education, you can't attract great teachers paying them a garbage salary. You can't make a living as a teacher. So what does a teacher do? A teacher takes a second job. Oh, there you go. That's what you want. You want your teacher coming into school in the morning dead tired from her second job. Well, you know what? America, as they say, you know, as they said on, what was it, the show, the, the View, Joyless Behar, she said, you voted for Trump, Palestine, Ohio, this is what you get, you deserve it. That woman needs to be taken off the air. She needs to be fired, she needs to be retrained to be a moral and a civic-minded person. How dare her say something like that? That was just an idiot speaking idiocy. So let me move on to the next. I wish we had better news, folks. The Anthony Blinken manner. Now, this is a guy who lives in the clouds. This is a guy who I always said, Obama would have been a perfect president in a perfect world. Anthony Blinken believes that everything is a kumbaya moment. So he goes to China expecting an apology from China. This was the fact that he even thought he was going to get an apology from China really goes to the, the the pathetic nature of the way this administration thinks. So they get blasted by China for shooting down the spy balloon. And what does Blinken do? He does his greatest Jackie Gleason, hummer hamada, hummer hamada. So a demonstration of how pathetic we are, that he went there thinking That he was going to get an apology. And he got schooled, quite frankly, by Russia and China and North Korea. You know, here's a lesson for you folks. Another history lesson. You can chalk that up. We don't have any sponsors yet directly for this show. Still looking. Where's my pillow? Mike, where are you? Get on board with us. We need some more sponsors if you love the program. So here's what happens. We are now a little history, uh, a little lesson for history here. If your enemies don't fear you, they will destroy you and conquer you. Not necessarily in that order, by the way. But Russia didn't fear Ukraine. So what did they do? They walked in. And they've literally destroyed Ukraine. Whether or not Russia loses that war or doesn't lose that war, they've destroyed Ukraine. I've heard estimates of $390 billion to rebuild that country. Hmm. Wonder who's going to pay for that. Well, maybe we'll put it on Russia's tab. Oh, maybe when China sends them over some more drones or Iran, maybe we'll put it on their tab. No, we all know who's going to pay the majority of that. Yes, but our schools don't need $390 billion. Our infrastructure doesn't need $390 Now, <laughs> we're flush with cash. we our $31 trillion. You know... It's not something that's difficult to understand. It's easy for an elementary school student to understand. As we destroy our ability to be energy independent, as we destroy our ability to fund ourselves, as we destroy our ability to protect ourselves with our military weapons that we're giving them away to Ukraine, as we just completely destroy ourselves with failing to maintain the industries in this country, that provide for the basic medical equipment and drugs that we need to survive, we are doomed. You know, I think he came into this administration thinking that he wanted to get rid of the superpower America. And so far, he's done a great job. He has accomplished it. He wanted to rebuild America. And how do you rebuild something? First, got to knock it down. Not sure? Just ask Russia. Knock it down, then rebuild it later. So we got some more good news under the Biden administration's uh, tutelage this week. Putin will no longer abide by the New START treaty, the nuclear treaty between Russia and the United States. By the way, the last treaty apparently that we had with them. I mean, not for nothing, but he's kind of cheating on the side, as I understand, either way. But it's another example of Anthony Blinken's lack of leadership as Secretary of State and our lack of policy with respect to how Biden operates in the world. I'm really great and happy that he goes there and everybody gives him the kumbaya. Thank goodness it's not Trump. But the reality is, is that it's not America anymore. Our pathetic, feckless policies, or lack thereof, as you might say. China's going into Taiwan this year, okay? Okay. They're expanding further and further, and the fact that we go there, we send another 100 or 200 people there, that's my favorite. That's never going to do anything, because you know what? China's coming in there, and everybody was, oh, my God, the alkalides, the accolades that Biden got from going to Ukraine. He's under fire. Oh, my God, he walked into the belly of the beast. Well, no. Hi, Putin? Yeah, just want to let you know Biden's going to be in Ukraine wandering around trying to stay on the red carpet there for a little while. Um, So please don't bomb us. We actually notified Russia, by the way, of he's going to be there. I mean, I'm not saying that's bad, but then don't make it out like he's Churchill walking in the middle of London as it's being bombed. You know, the the, the media lapdogs, there we go again. It's just, you know, and here's what we keep hearing from our State Department, from Flopsy Mopsy. (laughs) I'm telling you, that China, if they engage with Russia, will suffer the consequences. Um, Excuse me, Mr. Biden, (laughs) Secretary Blinken, Uh, care to specify anything in particular? Not right now, Mr. Calum. Nope, I'm sorry. Not right now. Um, We can't because there are none.
1: You happen to hear your favorite uh, press secretary mention the fact that if you listen to her, well, we decided to do this, we decided to do that. Uh, You know, I helped them to decide. She doesn't make any, she doesn't realize she's not that damned important. She's, she's not secretary. even in the room,
0: apparently, when they make a lot of these decisions. And, because and
1: yet she she keeps saying, if you listen to her, we decided to do this. We decided to do that. Right, and because she's the person who they said, you're in
0: the group. And she said, oh, okay. She doesn't have a clue what's going on, but hey, she was told she's in the group. But the bottom line is, this administration, and I, and I'm picking on them today because they've had a really bad week. The fact that they're telling China, don't you dare, China's laughing in their tea. I mean, they're really laughing in their tea. They are just incredibly funny. They must think, crazy America, (laughs) that they seriously elected this guy, what are they going to do? They're going to send tanks to Ukraine, but they don't have any. We've depleted our military so much so that I got to tell you, I don't know if we could defend ourselves right now. And I heard the other day one of the quote-unquote military experts, he said that we can't right now defend ourselves in any major conflict. That's a really scary thought. But I can see this happening. But where are our Republicans? They're away. They're AOL, AWOL, away without leave. they have disappeared. They all went to the border. By the way, they didn't take any Democrats with them. The Democrats refused to go to Yuma, Arizona, where the hearings were taking place. That is hysterical. And did you see any of the news coverage? Well, that's right. There was none, except I think for about 30 seconds on Fox, maybe. I didn't see anything on MSNBC, CNN, ABC, CBS. Now, as far as that happens, they don't want you to know what's going on at the border. And in fact, when Biden went there, they cleaned up the entire town hours before he got there. Oh there were no immigrants here the day Biden showed up. 8,000 a day show up, but that day there no one came in. <laughs> they said, "No, Biden's coming, we better not go." You know, Do they think the problem is is that half of America buys this garbage?
1: Mark, I, you know, can I can I throw something something into your show? Absolutely. I might catch it though. <laughs> uh, being the old sucker that I am, I look at this administration and I started I started paying some attention to politics even when even in as a teenager and a little bit before that. And the one thing So you were there at the Peloponnesian War? Yeah. (laughs) uh, No, I I, when I was growing up and I can remember this very clearly, one we had a, a gentleman named J. Edgar Hoover, I think he Uh, was. I I think he ran a little organization and he kept it pretty tight. Yeah, uh, they
0: named a building after him.
1: Yeah, and that's many buildings, as a matter of fact, across the country. But anyway, uh, this administration, the Brower guy that had a baby or whatever he did, there is anyway. this administration would never have existed in the 50s or even into the 60s. And J. Edgar Hoover would have come out and, well, this this person isn't acceptable because we feel as though they would be a security risk. They could be blackmailed. They could be this. They could be that. But this administration would never cut mustard with J. Edgar Hoover. It and wouldn't cut mustard with anybody. It makes the Carter administration look like
0: superstars. You know, the the problem is we're back to the same thing again. We got out of Afghanistan as terrible and as blatantly insufficient as that withdrawal was. It wasn't a withdrawal, by the way. It was a surrender. Run like hell. Yep. We just got out of there and there were people falling off of Planes as we were leaving. I mean, that was disgusting. And those people are still in jobs, by the way. That leadership is still there. Austin and the rest of those. <laughs> I'll keep it clean for the family hour. Yeah. But we're now, let's see, it's the one year anniversary, by the way, the war in Ukraine, and pretty much three quarters of the country has been destroyed. But I remember Biden saying, I distinctly remember, We'll revisit the sanctions in 30 days and when they're working. Um I don't know. Did anyone let him know that I don't think the sanctions worked? And now they're going to put new sanctions on. I don't understand why they don't understand, why they don't understand. Is that double understanding? Why they think that sanctions are going to do something. Because China doesn't give a darn. North Korea doesn't give a darn Iran is going to funnel stuff to them And now I heard that China is thinking of giving them lethal aid Which is really, why don't we just start World War 3 already You know, we're here, we're already here Okay, in fact, I got the sides chosen I got North Korea, Iran, China, and Russia Versus the United States Maybe Germany will get involved I know Britain will be there France, eh, well, maybe some wine they'll supply for the foxholes. But why are we doing this? If you're going to give Ukraine weapons, you don't give them the weapons so that they can keep the war going. This doesn't make sense to me. You give them enough weapons that they can win. Get it over with. Get it done. You know, they're going to they're gonna mount an offensive, I heard. Okay, that's great. What are they going to do for air cover? Balloons! I knew it. That's what it is. We're oh, going to no. use balloons for air cover. Would shoot them down. Yeah, that's about the only thing we could shoot down. I'm really worried about this country.
1: So, you know, if wait a second, it, you know, if you go back to the mid '60s or early '60s, I should say, what what was the administration doing in a in a country called Nam? They were sending in, quote unquote, advisors. Yeah, like, that's how it started. Exactly. And the what are we? Was that called and the slippery slope of war? Yeah. And what are we doing uh, in Ukraine now? No. What are we doing in Taiwan or Taiwan? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Taiwan. we just sent another two hundred people in there. Good as, idea. As
0: advisors. Yeah. And we're advising them to get out. Yeah. That would be my advice. Run like hell. So. I was going to say, so here, I just found my, my other information I was looking for. I had a whole pile of it today. So, let's see. The brink of World War III. Biden thinks it's more important to igni- ignore the United States issues, ignore high crime, ignore high inflation, ignore becoming energy independent, ignore being dependent on other countries. And where's the decoupling with China? who threatened to take away our antibiotics. Did we forget about all that already? It's this this administration has the attention span of a of a tsetse fly. It's like 3 second tom. You talk to them, you speak to them and then they forget it. It's gone. So, I just wanted to touch base this was I found my information. It was let's see 55 Chicago schools, no math or reading proficiency. Baltimore, zero schools in math proficiencies. And we wonder why people are dumb. And, and confusing this even more is calling Dr. Jill Biden, calling Dr. Jill Biden, the genius of the educational system. Has she made this her warp speed priority? Has she done anything to get this straightened out? Why aren't they jumping all over this? This is the future of America, and they don't care. But he's off to spend $113 billion in Ukraine and give speeches in Poland. That's more important to him. I'm, I'm seriously debating whether this country deserves to go on anymore. Most democratic republics have fallen apart after 200 years. I guess we got a little bit further down the road before we fell apart. But this is a, another interesting case here. This is the Georgia case of the jury foreman. Uh, gosh, this you can't make this stuff up. She apparently has been doing a media tour. And I'm not going to mention her name because her 15 minutes of fame, as far as I'm concerned, has destroyed the grand jury. It basically has taken that grand jury off the, the chessboard, even if they had something coming out of it. She says that they were recommending charges for everyone. There were six pages of a list of people they recommended charges against. You know, I just find this completely amazing that they would do something like this. And to see this happening in real time is just incredible to me, the fact that something like this goes on. It was it was just to the point where you sat there and you said... This is the person that you put on a grand jury to be a non-biased jury of his peers. And she was such an anti trumper It was so apparent. She was one of these liberal process people, which is just, you know, this is nothing. This grand jury, quite frankly, and this case in Georgia stands to do one thing. Stop Trump from running for president. Because there is no way that this jury, this grand jury, is anything other than an extension of the January 6th committee, which apparently blatantly failed in its one-sided lynch mob attitude. You know, I always thought that lynching was illegal, except apparently when it comes to Trump. Then lynching is perfectly fine. It's absolutely amazing that we let this go on. And nobody had said, this is ridiculous. It's another thing that's not going to happen. You know, because if they bring charges against them in Georgia, it's garbage. It's garbage charges. It's nothing more than just show the dog and pony show again by the Democrats. And, you know, I love that. That's my new that's going to be my new phrase. But so, like I said, it was. Oh, by the way, it was the Chicago school district that gave the statement that said we're in line with the rest of the schools that suck. Yeah, that was a brilliant statement. You know, that nobody's proficient in math in this school district. you think that they would say, well, we're working on it. We're doing something to change it. No, 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 no. They're just, hey, wait a second. Everybody else sucks too. But that's okay. That's okay because it's a Democrat-run city. We don't care about it, right? So now I was looking at this... um the Google case under Section 230. We're going to get into that next week a lot because hopefully we'll have to go through a lot of the testimony that was given before the Supreme Court. Now, this is an interesting, there were two cases brought. I'll give you a quick rundown. It's basically they're suing Google for, under Section 230, as you know, and I've gone through this in my prior shows, Section 230 says that they are not held liable for what people post on their platform because they're like a telephone company. If I'm on the phone and I'm talking stupid things on the phone and I'm doing something illegal or doing something dumb, you're not holding the telephone company liable. But then again, the telephone company doesn't cut off my phone if I say something stupid. But Google and Twitter and Facebook are very different. They want to use section 230 as both a sword and a shield. They want to be able to be a publisher when it's convenient for them, but when it's not convenient, not to be a publisher. And that's a real distinction. That they're mandated to take off offensive wording, uh filth, you know, child pornography, things that are clearly not acceptable, you know, terrorism things like that. And this particular case deals with a woman who was killed by terrorists while they were engaged in their activities online and that they were not taken offline. What I find amazing is, for some reason, that if a conservative is online, all of these platforms are very easily able to knock them offline and suspend their accounts or de-platform them or shadow ban them or blacklist them or de-emphasize their searches if you search them. But yet, for some reason, with full-blown things that should not be up there, now they're claiming they have problems. So you can't have it both ways. You can't say, yes, we're not doing this, and then saying, yes, we are doing this. It doesn't make logical sense. And Justice Kagan, in her own inimitable liberal style, said, well, we are not the best nine Internet, you know, knowledge people to understand this. Well... That's not the point. The point is there's a legislative intent in Section 230. And if they've gone beyond that legislative intent and it's unconstitutional, you can't claim that we can censor people because we don't like what they say and then, hey, we can't censor them because they're terrorists, because they're just terrorists. It, it It's not making any sense. But... You know, I have no doubt that the liberalism of the court will take charge and Roberts will fall on the other side, on the left. But it's an interesting concept. If you take 230 out, does all speech get censored? Does Twitter, Facebook, and Google fall apart? Because now they can be sued civilly. Or does it expose them like they want to do to the police officers when they take away qualified immunity? Aha, wait a second. So the Senate has qualified immunity, Congress has qualified immunity, Google has qualified immunity, Facebook, Twitter, but they want to take that away from the cops. They want cops to be able to be held responsible for their actions, but the Senate and Congress and the rest of the Google, Twitter, Facebook universe, they're not responsible for anything. Well, in the same vein, that's, what the, that's the operating agreement with the Biden administration, Right. So now I heard, <laughs> finish up with Flopsy Mopsy from the podium. I could not believe the words that came out of her mouth. They're looking for another Fed vice chairman. And the most important decision that Biden is going to make is diversity. That's his primary goal in picking his Fed vice chair. Diversity. Okay. So we go back to that principle of equity. Two runners. Two runners. Run one six miles, run one's two, one runs two miles. So what do you do? Do you push the two-mile guy up to the six? No. You drag the six-mile guy back to the two-mile. That's the Biden administration concept of equity. It's not where you started. It's where you end up that should be equitable. And that, to me, is a destruction of meritocracy. And then we have just nothing. We have just show up. Show up and do nothing, and you get to the same point and place as the guy who busts his butt to get there and do the work. And that, my friends, will lead to America going downhill faster and farther than we are now. You cannot have an America based on mediocrity. Mediocrity is not the standard of excellence in the world. Excellence is built on meritocracy. If you deserve to get something, you get it. If you give it to somebody for nothing, then the person that worked for it, why should he work for it? The same concept in everything else. If you if, if Jeff Bezos makes a billion dollars, he shouldn't have to share that billion dollars with everybody just because we showed up. No. That's not America. America is we will give you the opportunity and you got to get there on your own. Keep that in mind. So Everyone, I hope you enjoyed listening to the program. Hope you had a great week. And if you have any questions or concerns, call the Biden administration. Have a great week, guys, going forward, and enjoy it. Saying goodbye for Mark the Shark with Bite of Reality on America's Web Radio.